Welcome to another edition of Understanding the Blueprints of Life and Business with Dwayne Cotton. Entrepreneur, real estate investor, builder, service guru, and media star Dwayne Cotton built a seven-figure company that he later sold and has the knowledge you need to build your company into a success. Vetted and trusted by a major television network to be a builder for the TV show Extreme Makeover Home Edition and a weekly radio show host, Dwayne has the know-how to get you to the next level. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Understanding the Blueprints of Life and Business. This podcast is about starting your business, growing your business. If you're in business right now, how do you take it to the next level? How do we uh, get past the obstacles uh, that we face on a daily basis? And then, like I said, if you're starting your business, what do you need to worry about and what do you just need to do? And some of the many different topics that we talk about here on understanding the blueprints of life and business. I'm your host, Dwayne Cotton, and today we have a in-studio guest. I am uh, glad that you're here. We have Cindy Hauser, co-owner with her husband, Dennis Hauser, of Vertical Real Estate, uh, located here in Virginia. Um, and now you're an owner and an active agent. Yes, I am. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm excellent. Excellent as usual. Um, now, you have 30 agents. Yes. And you started in 2010. Right. About June of 2010 is when we decided to go from me just being an active agent to um, expanding into our own brokerage. So we opened that in 2010. Back in 2010, I was doing a significantly more in foreclosure sales personally. And so that kind of floated the business. And so we weren't giving as much emphasis toward um, growing the business with other agents and things like that as we are today. So you had the volume in there, but wasn't the growing uh, model that you have today. Now, how was the progression of agents? Like I said, you have about 30 now. Um, how did how did you add agents? How fast? Um, in 2010, we probably only had maybe one or two besides me. And those agents really took a lot of the leads that I had coming in off of listings that I had in my own personal inventory. Um, skip forward probably to about 2013. We ended 2013 with maybe seven to eight agents. So you can see how slow that progression was at the beginning. But um, prior to that, I was still selling, like I said, a significant amount of personal business. I was doing a significant amount of personal business. Um, in 2014, we doubled and ended the year with about 15 agents. In uh, 2015, we almost doubled again and ended the year with about 25 agents. And today, which is January 2016, we have 30 agents. So just in the last couple of weeks, we've had probably five or more agents come on board with us. So what do you contribute to the growth with adding agents? I mean, the word getting out, people like working with you, you're a good company. You know, obviously, obviously you're growing pretty fast. Right. Uh, So how the agents, are you actively reaching out to grab your your agents or are they kind of coming to you? Well, you know, oftentimes people ask me how how big do I want our company to be? How many agents do I want to have? And I really don't know. I'm open to whatever is is supposed to be. And often what I will say to agents when we're interviewing, I'll say to them, 
I want you to be a good fit for us and I want to be a good fit for you. And if somebody else, one of my competitors, is a better fit for you, then that's really where I want you to be because I only right. want the people there that are really supposed to be with us. You don't need to fight that resistance of things that are just not going to work out. Right, right. exactly. Let because it, it just it, it is going to happen better if we just let it happen. Um, and I want producers. I don't want agents who are only doing one or two deals a year and just kind of filling time with that. I want agents who really want to make a living at this. Not that we don't take part-time agents, because right. we do, but that the end goal is that they want to make a living doing real estate. And most of our agents, and I would say most people in business in general, have bigger dreams than just real estate. Real estate is just the vehicle that facilitates the dreams that we have, right? Right. Um, so I think uh, the thing I hear probably hear most often about our company is that the environment is like no other and really you can't know what it's like I can tell you what it's like I was just talking to an agent this morning and he said he invited a new agent from another firm to come to one of our business meetings because he told her I can tell you and tell you and tell you what the energy is like in the place but right. until you're there you really won't know what it's like now why why is the energy like that what do you think is responsible for it leadership is it leadership from you and your husband or is it I mean, what, what's that magic? Because there's a lot of people listening right now that if, you know, they're in business and they have four or five, six, you know, maybe 10 people, maybe they have more. Right. Uh, and maybe there's a little bit of turmoil, a little resistance. People right. aren't always as happy. Um, and that's one of their biggest problems. Growing up, we talked a few uh, episodes ago about, you know, basically, and I kind of hate using a word, but I'll use it, is being terrorized by the employees. Mm-hmm. Afraid to grow their business for fearful that somebody or all their employees will quit. So the vision for their company is actually on the shoulders of the employees that they have. Right. So that's bad. What do you contribute to your company being such a nice place to work? Well, I would say um, one of the things is that it is extremely important to my husband and myself that the environment is good. And um, I do hear over and over and over again, it comes down from the top, right? Right. It can't come from the bottom, like you're saying. And so we... I don't even think we have too much of an issue with it, but we don't tolerate any of the backstabbing. We love the competitive nature, but not competitive that's hurting one another exactly. or I'm going to hold these secrets and I'm not going to let you know what's going on because I don't want you to beat me at something. Right. But we've got a little bit of that competitive edge, but it's always a healthy competitive edge. Um, I think also going back to what we were just talking about, that we don't hire somebody who's not a good fit for us. Not that it never happens because, of course, it happens. Right, right. Of course, sometimes you get somebody and we find out, you know, a couple months later that, hey, this really isn't working the way that I thought it was going to work out. But I think that really helps out telling people up front, this is what you can expect when you work here. And so that people know that this is the environment that we have. And then I think this is a really cool thing that happens is that there are more positive people the negative people so if we do happen to get somebody in who kind of leans toward the negative a little bit convert them they do they get converted well you know a a positive attitude is contagious right Uh, but i'll tell you it's it's harder to catch a positive attitude than it is a negative one right you know because negativity it's like gravity you know you, you throw something and it falls to the ground and and that's where bad attitudes are hovering next to the ground. Right. And uh, that's you know, a good one. I like that. Yeah. It's it's just it's gravity and and bad attitudes are, are just that. Whereas you really have to work at initially getting yourself to a positive state and surrounding yourself 
with positive people right. and positive messages. You know, what, what, what you watch on TV, what goes into your head through headphones, yes. um, what, you, what you read, it all, it, it, you know, you be, it becomes who you are. I think uh, Zig Ziglar had an uh, awesome comment, and, and I'll probably botch this a little bit, but, <laughs> but basically he said, you are who you are and where you are because of the stuff that has gone into your head. Right. In other words, so if you're hanging out, you know, with negative people or, or folks that are kind of, you know, have a sour attitude in life, uh, low energy, no focus in the future, you know what? You're either going to um, separate from those people and find new friends and new acquaintances, right. or you're going to want to make them feel comfortable and kind of work down to their level. Right. And, and, and I like to say that there's a lot of people out there that are in a negative situation because of maybe a health condition, maybe a recent tragedy that's happened in their family. But I would say that the majority of the people is because of culture is driving it that way. Right. And, and if you want to make a change, if you, and, and, and change is one of those things that, you know, uh, that that word has been kind of you know m made uh, it's been overused recently right. uh but basically if you want to change the attitude you want to change your future you want to change where you are change your income change you you need to change yourself and one of the quickest ways to do that is by understanding regardless of what kind of job you're in you're a salesperson right. you're a salesman saleswoman um, you're in sales. You're either buying a cup of water or selling a cup of water. Right. You know, so if we look at life like we're buying or selling something, it's all sales. It being a real estate agent, uh, obviously is sales patience, right. willing to drive the same person around to 20 or 30 or <laughs> right. hundred houses. Right. Uh, so that takes pressure. You know, I've dealt as an investor, I've dealt with agents in the past that would send me a list of houses that they had for sale. And maybe none of them on there met my investing criteria. I'd never hear back from the agent. Right. Because they gave up. Right. They gave up just because I didn't buy the first 10 houses they sent me. Right. And, and so, to, you know, to find a good agent um, is really, when I say good agent, uh, for investors. Because us investors, we can tweak the nerves of, you know, I get it. I know we're hard <laughs> sure. to work with. I know we're hard <laughs> to work with. I get it. But we also, the right people buy the right, you know, we buy a lot of houses. Um, and so we, you know, we, we closed a lot of deals last year between buying it and turn around and selling it. We had a very good year. Uh, this year I need to double what we did last year. So, right. so I need more agents bringing me houses. I need <laughs> right. to find out about these houses, you know, before everyone else. Um, so, you know, one thing I want to know, the revol I, I like to consider a revolving door of employment with any company. Um, when I owned my heating and air company, the problem that I had was we were, uh, we had enough people for the work that we had, and we were trying to grow the business a little bit, and we grew constantly. Um, but I never – I didn't keep a constant hiring policy in place. You know, I didn't keep that advertisement on the van or in the, you know, paper. Now, when I started my business, we didn't have Craigslist. We didn't – the Internet wasn't right. as, uh, uh, you know, as friendly as it is now. We didn't have smartphones uh, this was in 2000. Right. And so it was mainly, you know, stickers on vehicles, signs and doors, the, the, the newspaper. Um, and then, of course, we had our advertising in the phone books, right. which was actually a benefit to me. And I'll tell you in a minute why. And I, we want to talk about advertising. Uh, but when I really needed someone, we would place an ad and hire them. And I, I would get whoever I would get. The revolving door mentality is you never... You never really know who's going to walk in the door and when. Mm -hmm. And so I, I like to think that we probably never hire the perfect person when we're not hiring. You know, right. if the perfect person knocks on your door and someone sitting at the front desk says, and I'm sorry, we're not hiring right now. What'd you just do? 
So that revolving door attitude is we constantly have people coming in. We're constantly interviewing, constantly looking at who they are. And you know what? It might be that might be the perfect fit. Like you're having agents that are perfect fits for you. It's a little bit harder in the business I'm in to find the perfect person. But when we find them, then you might have an employee that's negative, that's causing a little trouble. And that's the person that goes out the other side of the revolving door. Right. right? So that door is constantly spinning. People are constantly coming in. People are constantly going out. But over uh, maybe a year or two years, you start to build a team that will help you accomplish anything and everything you want to accomplish in business. Right. And and what is that? That's selling, that's growing, that's making happy clients, you know, uh, d- doing your job, doing it well. So as a, as a real estate company, I'm just wondering how is it different? I mean, you're hiring different people as far as professional maybe attitude. Right. Are you seeing a lot of agents that used to be in other fields coming to work for you now, like changing careers, or is this sort of seasoned agents? I think a lot of people – a couple of things. I think a lot of people are drawn to real estate because real estate can really facilitate um, a lot of dreams. Just for instance, when I was looking at a sales job and I was looking at getting a career started, um, the couple of things I looked at, I, I really wanted to get into real estate, but I didn't because I was scared of the straight commission. Right. I was scared right. of all of those costs and everything. So then my secondary choices were cars or furniture, and I ended up selling furniture for about five years while well, working in furniture and then into management. Um, so I think a lot of people – Real estate is kind of like the biggest sale you can make because you're helping people purchase one of the biggest purchases they will ever make in their life. And it's a very um, emotional decision, too, in a lot of respects, not always with investors, but a lot of times with first-time homebuyers, even with people who are step-up buying and things like that. So, yes, I think we're seeing people come from other um other careers, but also probably from other companies and, and things like that. We're seeing people come in from other companies as well. Now, we kind of hit on this earlier. How big do you want to grow the company? I mean, you, 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 we started to talk about it and said, well, we really don't know. I like to think this. If we're not growing, we're dying. Mm-hmm. If you're not going up, you're going down. So I think that you constantly have to have a growth mentality in mind, don't you? I do think that. I think a couple of things. Going back to what you were saying about um, employees, I have two employees, one who's been with me seven years this month and one who will be with me seven years in in April. Those are our only employees right now because agents are, are contracted workers. They can, they're doing, working for themselves. Um, I will say this, that I'm always interested if somebody says, I have somebody who, you know, you, I really want you to meet. I'm definitely with you. Right. I'm interested in meeting that person. But not at any expense, but I put a lot of investment into my employees. I really think they will be with us forever. Right. I, I don't remember times that these girls call in sick because they just – It's unusual. They, right. It's very unusual. Part of it is their age and, and just their work mentality, but a lot of it is the work environment. They enjoy their jobs. They love their jobs. They're really not going anywhere else. But in turn – when I can give them a raise, I am. I'm not trying to get them for the cheapest dollar I right. possibly can. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to take good care yeah, of you've them. You've got to take care of them. Otherwise, you know, hey, it's a two-way street, right? 
Right. So. Um, with agents, I think that, you know, when I've got these agents who are superstars, my goal more so than adding new agents is getting those agents to do even do more production. So I have one agent uh, broker actually right now, and she does, uh, say, three to four transactions a month. Really good. Three to four $300,000 transactions. She's doing a significant amount of business. Well, her goal is five to six and to bring on an assistant who does one to two. Wow. So really a lot of my time and energy gets focused on how can I really help her be more exceptional than she already is and fulfill the goals she has rather than hiring four new ones that may or may not work out, if that kind of makes sense. That uh, makes a lot of sense because you're investing your time. You know, time is something that um, I've always used time management. I might slip and say it again, but I've, I've come to realize that you don't manage time. You use it. Mm. You, 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 time happens. You're not going to manage it. You're not going to wrangle it. You're not going to store it away for later. <laughs> you're going to use it. And something like a private jet, uh, if you're lucky enough to be able to afford that, <laughs> right? which one day, that's yes. my goal. That's my goal, and I'm going to do it. Uh, but what does a private jet do? It's not to say, hey, I have a jet, you know, and, and pay all that in taxes and fuel. Right. It's to compress time. Mm-hmm. It basically helps you get more done in a week than you otherwise would at an airport for, you know, two hours prior to your flight each time you're going somewhere. Right. Well, if I'm flying um, to a location, uh, if I'm flying from Richmond to Orlando and we have a, you know, kind of a, a, a layover in, a, in Atlanta, I mean, right. that, that normally hour and 50 minute flight, two hour flight, or I think it might be like two hours and 15 minutes, uh, it's now going to take you six hours. Right. Well, if I flew on a Gulfstream 350 <laughs> from Chesapeake, I could be in Orlando in about an hour and 20 minutes or probably a little bit less, depending on what Right. But what does that do? It's, it compresses your time. So how, how, how we're working with employees is in, in, in partners and, and, and however you're, you're set up is you need everyone to be on the same team working effect. The, the being is just basically the most effective as possible Absolutely. because that's going to compress your time. Right. We're not spending. And when we hire someone, obviously we're, we're, you know, we're having to take time, bringing them up to our system, using our systems properly. Um, so when someone's been with you for a while, but I have one question and I've ran into this myself. Do you ever, with your employees, not your mm-hmm. agents, which are right. contractors, do you ever worry about complacency? And if so, how do you keep that from happening? Um, I don't worry too much about it with the employees I have now. At the height of when I was selling so many foreclosures, we had about 25 employees. So they give you an idea of one to two agents and 25 employees to today two employees and about 30 agents. So it's gone the other direction. Um, So with my employees, I don't worry about it too much, but that's because of who I have in place. These are the kind of girls who, when the internet goes down for the day, they're up cleaning the office or something. They're they're not, I never hear out of these ladies' mouths, well, there's nothing to do. And again, it's just kind of those people. Um, Back when I had 25 employees, absolutely. You know, I can think of one employee that we had in particular who was home very, very often with their child. And I kind of thought, wow, maybe they like to work from home better than they like to be in the office. And I really need them to be in the office more. So I worried a little bit more about it with those. But again, I think it comes down to, it's kind of going back to what you were saying before, is deciding when it's time for somebody to maybe leave your company right. and when it's time to have somebody new and to not be afraid to make those moves. Sort and, of a fresh attitude and fresh face. Right. And, you know, I've, I've 
had that before where I had an employee that I had for so long that I just really didn't want to let them go. And those are probably learning lessons that, that I've had that said, oh, you know, if I had that in the future, I probably would have said, hey, maybe now is a good time for us to break from each other a little sooner than I did. Right. Well, and what ha- what's happened to me in the past is, um, and I learned the hard way, and, and this sounds really bad when you say it, but trust me, I mean this with uh, all sincerity, is as a business owner, you cannot be friends with your employees. Um, you you might like them. You might go to a, a, a social event once in a while with them, but you cannot be friends because what happens is, and this happened in my business, is when when you become friends with someone, then they start to look at you instead of the person that's sitting off in the distance and they really don't know how you act. They kind of know your your uh, expressions. They know your attitude on a daily basis. They kind of know what gets you, you know, get gets you going, so to speak, and and, and kind of aggravates you. And they also feel a level of, and there again, this sounds bad, but they they feel like they're on the same level as you mm-hmm. as far as in a company hierarchy, and they're not because they're not the ones worried about insurance liability. Uh, taxes, growth of the business, you know, they're, they're one of the guys, so to speak. Right. And when you become really good friends with someone like that, it takes the, the uh, importance away from your position as a leader. You start to become equals. Remember what I was saying earlier about how you, you, you might also tend to work down to their level. Right. Say their level, not meaning that if you're an employee, you're somehow lower than someone else, but on the intellectual level of, you know, you are the owner, not everyone else. And there's a reason for that. You've taken that step. You've made that decision. You've, whatever it's taken, you've put yourself out there. So I used to hear people that would talk direct like this and say, wow, what, what a jerk, you know? <laughs> but, but, but then at the same time, they were making money and I was losing an employee that I thought was a friend of mine that cost me a lot of money. Right. And after three or four of these incidents, you say, okay, enough's enough. I'm the boss. I'm nothing else. I'm a leader. I'm going to take this company and grow it. And employees are here to help me. You know, I had I used to work for someone. He called us all tools. He said, you're nothing more than a tool in the toolbox. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, then when I heard that, I was like, what do you mean? I'm more than – but I, his his what he was saying was we were we were tools to get his job done. And if we broke – if we were broken and we didn't work anymore, we were a little rusty, he'd throw us away and get more. <laughs> so that's what he was saying. It's sort of the – it's the – the, it's the harsher version of my revolving door. You know, right, he would just right. say straight up, the minute you slow up, you're gone. So, all right, let's talk about technology. Now, you mentioned earlier one of your jobs is to make sure that your agents have, you know, have leads coming in. They have plenty of business to help them grow. Right, right. If you help your agents grow, you grow as well. What technology are you using to get your name out and to uh, – I mean, when I say technology – this could be software, social media. Uh, are you using uh, – how many signs are you using? Do you pop up bandit signs anywhere? Your signs just end up – I don't know really what the rules in real estate. Can you put your sign anywhere? Right. You can't put it in a public domain, I guess. It has right. To, it, has to go, well, it has to be on private property. It does have to be on private property, and you have to have a listing agreement with that person Got in it. order to put that up. Um, we're using all kinds of things. I would say one of the number one things that – I would say a couple of the top things, let's say that. Um, one thing is we've recently started advertising um, – through commercials and things like that. And a lot of those are used on Facebook and Twitter and different. I'm sure I don't utilize I've social media. I've seen the media. TV commercials. Okay, yeah. 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 And, and that's been really successful for us. We're getting several phone calls and client leads off of those sort of things, which has been really nice. And that's something that started out with one of our agents who – 
um, had an idea for being on television, and so he created his own commercial, paid for it and everything, and then came to the company and asked us if we would consider partnering with him on the cost of putting the advertisement on because it would be a win-win for vertical real estate and for him personally. And so we sat down, and this is something I tell agents all the time. I say, I'm not always going to say yes to everything, but we're a small enough company that, you know, it just takes a quick meeting for us to get together and go, hey, so-and-so pitched this. Do we think this is going to be a good idea? Yeah, let's go with it. Or no, we're not. And so we got together and we thought, yeah, that could be a real win-win situation for us and ended up that it has been. It's been good for him, and he, in turn, has closed a lot of business for us, which helps the brokerage out and helps him out. Um, And it's been really great for him, of course, because he's doing more than he would be at at another brokerage. Well, and see, that, and that's one of my, my points right there is, you know, if you, obscurity is one of your worst nightmares. I mean, if you're in business, you know, if, if you're if you're wanted by you know law enforcement, you want obscurity. But <laughs> right. anything else in life, you don't want. In, I mean, if whether it's meeting new friends, you're growing your business, uh, you want to start your business. Uh, if you work for someone and you want to move up, you want to move to a to a bigger company, a larger company, take on more responsibility. You want people to know who you are, right? And that's why we have Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn is probably the most right. professional version of that. Um, you know, we have Instagram, we have, uh, you, know, you have all types of, of, of things. And one of the things that we've started uh, to do, and it's it's not been published yet, is we're using, um, not, I can't advertise the company, but it's basically software that we create content and it's scheduled delivery all over. Right, so, right. So, you know, I, I mean, I've been doing it the wrong way for the long time <laughs> is in, in individually going to each social media site and putting this stuff out there. So one of the things we're trying to do is grow grow our brand. Um, one thing, though, you I think in growing your brand and in advertising, your advertising can't focus on you looking like or at least appearance that you're the biggest in the business we we've got to keep grounding people that we're small enough to care. Right. I had uh, incidentally someone, a client that had called a competitor of mine to do a small job. And I asked him, I was like, you know, well, did we upset you? Did one of my guys? Oh no. I just, I see you guys on Facebook. And so I see all the stuff you're doing and this job's just way too small for you guys. Oh So there's a consequence to getting the word out. Right. This podcast is about growing one of my businesses and that's DwayneCotton.com. Um, to where we're going to uh, coach service businesses mm-hmm. on how to go from one truck to 20 or, you know, if you want 30, you want five employees, whatever. How do you grow your business? How do you multiply your company? You multiply your income. And, you know, what's some of the first things that you do? Service companies, for example, have a have a really hard job. And, and, and then some service companies are financially strapped because of their work ethic. I mean, you've dealt with heating and air guys, plumbers, electricians. So you know that maybe you have a good guy that does something, but maybe you've called someone and it was the worst experience of a lifetime. Right. All that service company has to do is sell you as a client is to help you out. You need something done. Do it right. Charge a decent and fair price and have a good attitude while they're doing it. Right. Right. You're going to call them back because we all say this. I can't find a good fill in the blank. Right. Roofer, plumber, framer, lawn guy, whatever. So all of these companies are considered service companies. Um, I guess you could say that a a real estate company is a service business. You're providing a service. Absolutely, Um, I would say so. So so one of the things that I want to do is really get to work. See, I've been there. Uh, when I started my HVAC company in 2000, it was just myself and a pickup truck. What a lonely world that was. 
Um, I didn't even have a real toolbox in the back. I mean, I had my hand tools, but I had a green Tupperware container in the back of my, wow. my truck. And right. I just prayed nobody would steal it at the local right. hardware store because <laughs> my livelihood would be gone. And that was in May of 2000. In May of 2007, we, we had created a seven-figure company. In May of 2007, I sold that company. Wow. And I took three months off, uh, which... I want to tell you right now is the worst thing I've, I have ever done in my life. It took me uh, so long to recover from that. And then we'll, we'll get back to one point I have for you here. But I sold my company, and this was something I was working 70, 80 hours a week at. Right. That's why I sold it. I felt like, and this is what I've learned about management and how to, and this is why I'm coaching service companies on what not to do. I literally felt like I jumped off of a treadmill at night that was on, you know, wide open fast as it could go and i would jump into the bed go try to go to sleep well imagine that you go from a treadmill running and you jump in your bed and try to immediately go to sleep right you're laying there your mind's racing your you know your your breathing's heavy you're just kind of you just had that day well the next morning i would get up step on the same treadmill going the same speed i had no time to get myself going i was not preparing my day like i do now i get up every morning between 4 and 4 30 and i have nothing but myself my office work to do until the the kids start stirring around about <laughs> six thirty, and and um, so from four four thirty until six thirty, I'm doing my own thing, and so now you know, I look back and and say, well, wow, I sold this company because it was growing so fast, I wasn't growing with it, mm-hmm. I was entrenched, I was in this you know business, and and I learned quite a few things from that experience, but taking the time off was the worst thing in the world I did because. It, it seemed like I had had this work ethic and my pace was so crazy. And then all of a sudden it quit. Right. I watched Matlock reruns. Andy, <laughs> I love Andy Griffith. He was a cool guy. And I loved all those shows. And I watched those shows. You know, I watched, you know, did daytime TV stuff. And I went fishing every day and realized that, hey, none of my friends could go fishing. But then right. I realized, what am I doing? I've quit producing. You know, I'm now, I'm. You know, we've had a successful seven-year run, and maybe I needed a little bit of a break, but I, I totally felt like I was doing some injustice somehow. So I immediately started uh, another company, which we had started buying and selling real estate in 2004. So from 04 to 07, we kind of had both things going, and I immediately started a uh, home-building business. Well, I started building the houses, and I bought everything with a for-sale sign, and you know what happened in 08, you know, right, the housing right. market crashed. And with that went a lot of money. And so we fought, we've been fighting our way to go back. So I have sort of been on both ends of this deal. I started a business in a, in a relatively good time and had a really good seven years of it and built a business not by accident, but by, by knowing, knowing when to say yes, which is generally all the time in the mm-hmm. service business, but also knowing when to walk away from a deal. Mm-hmm. In real estate, it's the same way, I guess. You're looking to grow your business, you're, you've, you, you know, but you're also keeping an eye on the small things working. You, know, you have your agents, you have your employees, but you're advertising and technology. Do you see the technology um, diluting the possibilities of you getting your words out, meaning there's so many different ways I do think I do think that that happens a little bit. I even think I've seen where we've started with commercials, and I felt like we were one of the first to really put a commercial on television um, that was at the size of the company that we are. Let's say not a big um, national brand, and 
um, now I see a lot of other companies putting their commercials on and they're not national brands either. So right. I think that that's one of the things that we've really focused on is, okay, so they have to be stellar, which we would have wanted our product to be stellar anyway. But we need to stay ahead, a step ahead of the competition, right, in order to, uh, for our commercial to be just a little bit more eye-catching, a little bit more down-to-earth. One of the things I got from another broker who owns another company in our area who I highly, highly respect, her and her husband, um, she said, if I wasn't in real estate myself, I would buy from you because she liked our commercial so right. much she felt like it was real it wasn't it wasn't over the top and phony and she said it was just trustable and that's what she liked so trying to stay a step ahead but yes of course there's so many and i and i can't keep up with all of them at the right. office and this is funny because i really am not they kind of will jokingly say i'm the facebook queen and <laughs> i'm pretty decent at facebook yeah. but i'm absolutely not as good as some of my competitors what well, do you know a, a theory about and Maybe you look at this different. I want to dominate my market. Right. I want to dominate. I don't want to compete. Competing is um, we're pretty much fighting for the same client. Sometimes you get them. Sometimes I get them. Who's a little bit better? When you're so far ahead up in front of your competition, so to speak, even though we don't want to compete, but you have to call them competitors, even though we're dominating the market and everyone is behind us, second, third place on back, um, you know, you're, you're, you're out there in clean air. You're, you're, you're avoiding the accidents. You're not in the crowd. You're, you know, you, you're leading the pack. Right. Now there's also, you have to stay relevant and you have to stay on it because people love to go after the person out front. Right. Right. So you've got to grow your business, have that mentality and offer service that no one else offers. So, you know, we, we always have that to deal with, but that's what, if the energy level in your company is high, the emphasis on sales are there because, you know, we're there to sell real estate. But be, becoming a better salesperson is the underlying key. You know, right. if you if you're, uh, I mean, if you work in a warehouse, you know, you're you're a salesman right. because you're you're trying to sell yourself to the boss. You're trying to move up, right. shipping manager, then eventually front office, and then who knows where from there. Um, may, maybe you want to drive a forklift your entire life because that's what you like to do, and that's great. Right. But most people that start in a position like that want to work their way up through the company scale. So you're constantly selling your skills, selling yourself. With agents, they're having to sell sell the house, but they're also having to sell their self, and they sell the company they work for, which Absolutely. is, which is um, vertical real estate. So, well, look, I want to start to wrap this up. I, I'm, I'm very impressed. I'm, I mean, see the numbers, how fast you're growing uh, it's, it, it is very com been competitive right now. If I can get that word out, <laughs> it's very competitive right now in real estate because as an investor, my biggest problem is, uh, I mean, we've sold all of our houses right? and I can't find a, I mean, surely I could buy something, but it doesn't have the margins that I need. Right. I am not for the sake of working, going to do a deal. I'm not going to make money on or take a chance on losing money. on. Right. I've done that in the past. Remember I was saying, I'm a business coach now for a reason, because I have, for every example of what I'm telling you not to do, I have the shirt and the scars to prove <laughs> why not, Right. because I've been there. So one thing that we have is business model. To Now, what I have started also doing as an investor is looking for unconventional ways. The, um, the MLS for an investor is an occasional, it's like winning the lottery. Right. You, I don't think the chances are one in two million houses, but I think the chances are for me, I have to put, I have to probably look at about 500 houses, make about 30 offers and maybe get one. 
I would agree. That's about the ratio, and that's crazy numbers right there. Right. I mean, uh, so what I have to do is a better job of getting the leads before they ever make it to the MLS. That's what I'm fighting for right now. Right. Um, but as a real estate company, where do you see yourself going in 2016 and beyond? And what are some of the challenges that you think you're going to have ahead of you that you're going to need to get in front of? Oh, that is such a good question. Uh, 2016 and beyond, I would love to see us double again if that's if that's in our future. I don't want to do that at the expense of, let's say we go from 30 agents to 60 agents that only 30 or 40 of them are really hitting it out of the park. I want all of them. I'd rather have 30, the 30 we have today all hitting it out of the park, right? right. Um, but I do think that there are agents out there that are meant for us, that are meant to come into our environment and that would really flourish. We've seen, we see this a lot, Dwayne, where we see um, agents who really weren't successful at another company. We have one that we just brought over recently. He was with one company for 10 months and another company for two months, came on with us and put three people under contract. So wow. it's just kind of getting him in the right environment, knowing he said to me, Cindy, I knew I could do it. It's just I just needed some direction in order to be able to do it. And which he's is, right. Which is why you're the boss. Right? <laughs> right some of us you know? some of us are great producers and some of us are great leaders. Where where are you in that in, in where do you fit there's nothing wrong with being a producer at all. Right. I mean, honestly, we depend on you. Absolutely, absolutely. And a lot of producers love what they do and don't want the stresses that absolutely. come with running a business. And so that's why it's a perfect blend to find the right people. Right. If you find someone that wants to be the leader, wants to be the owner, sometimes there's the clash of ideas. My sure. idea is better than yours. Well, I'm, all, I'm always for listening for ideas. I love new ideas. Right. But if we don't pick it, you know, just accept it and move. Let's keep going in the direction that the company's going. You're right. What advice can you give someone that is looking to start their business, any kind of business that they're mm -hmm. in, or that are currently in business and can't seem to get to the next level or get rid of the anxiety. Let me just tell you, I talked to someone the other day. They are doing something that they've done for a long time, but they're honestly miserable. They're starting to second guess their career. Uh, I think they're, they're to the point in their age where they're starting to you know, kind of just freak out about life in general. Uh, so that doesn't help. Right. Uh, then, so we have a we have a, a question of are we on the right c career path, even though right. they've been it for thirty years, or thirty two years. Um, this person is just feeling uh, just like there's chaos in their life. They don't know who they are right now. Right. So the and and it all as I was, I was talking to her, I was like, what what do you what do you think you know the the problem is? And she, when when I got down to asking her all the questions. It comes back to low performance in our company and money. Now she's having problems at home. Now, you know, the title of my show is Understanding the Blueprints of Life and Business. Right. Guess what? The stresses at work has now caused problems at home. Absolutely. Because if you're happy at home and you're happy at work, generally if you're happy at home, you're happy at work. That's right. Either one of those, when it gets out of balance, can really wreck the other. Absolutely. But mainly it's because business is not going well and then that causes stress at the home front. Right. Um, what could you give someone advice on how to separate at all, whatever way they can, their company from their personal life. Oh, wow. My life becomes so much of a, just a glob. Because you're married life. to your partner. I am. Partner I'm married. Partner life, and, partner in business. And, we, and my husband and I will say this often. People say, I can't believe it. I think if I worked with my spouse, we'd be divorced. And I say, my husband will say this too, will say, we're kind of the opposite. We're the couple that maybe if we didn't work together, we would be divorced. Because of timing. Right. right? Because we're both a right. little bit of workaholics. Right. We've got a lot going on. There's a lot more understanding there. But I think you're right in that um, 
a lot of times finances, of course, it's probably the biggest the biggest thing that plays into divorce, right? Is that the finances aren't there. If we weren't fighting about money, we really wouldn't fight about anything. And so one of the things that I would say to somebody who's thinking about starting their business and, and is kind of waiting, am I going to pull the trigger? Am I going to not? For me, and I think for any entrepreneur, we have a passion that burns inside of us. And if we don't do that, we will regret it for the rest of our lives. So I say, do it. And then another little thing that I would say is, like you were talking about earlier, is um, is customer service. We're all really in service. I would agree with you. So to be prepared to make some sacrifices, to talk with your spouse about that, hey, I'm going to get this business started. So I'm going to take one year, and I'm really not going to say no to appointments. I'm going to go to an appointment that's at 7 p.m. at night. I'm going to miss a few of such and such dinners or, or whatever. We all want to have balance, but to be able to have or to say, hey, six days a week, I'm going to say yes to these appointments as much as I can within reason. But on Sunday's going to be our family day that we're going to say, you know, I'm not going to have, um, I'm not going to do anything on Sundays. Most of the time I try not to work on weekends, especially on Sundays, but you know, there are days when that's just the way that it works out and I have to. I've, I've heard someone say this before. I had a couple of things to say here. Uh, uh, one was, um, Jesus said, take Sunday off and rest. God said, take Sunday off and rest. Well, that's the same God who built everything in six days. Right. If you haven't done anything in that five or six days, right? you know, you, you really need to keep on hustling to get it done. Because unfortunately for you, you haven't created the world and the animals and everything. else. <laughs> you need to work a little bit harder just to at least create something. You know, the other thing is I heard uh, the other day a famous uh, game show host who I wish I could say his name. But I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. Uh, he's an awesome guy. Uh, really a lot of respect for him. He said basically a lot of people that are afraid to start their own business they're basically, if you're, it's equivalent, you stand on the edge of a cliff and you want to jump. You have a parachute, but the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, well, what if the parachute doesn't open? Right. Well, if you don't jump, that parachute will never open either. Now, sure, you're on the ground, but you're in the same place you've always been. Right. So unless you take that jump, you take that leap and have faith that the parachute is going to open, you're never going to see a new area. You're going to be stuck in the same place that you are now. You have to take the initiative, learn, look, knowledge is key. If you know, if you've learned, if you know your job well, if you have this empowering attitude around you, if you have the go-get-it attitude, you're going to succeed. You're not going to take second. You're not going to take anything less than total success. You can make it. The bottom line is, if I can do it, anyone can do it, right? Right. I mean, I was, I was someone that was faced with either I quit or I was going to be fired mm. from my heating and air job. And so the options were, I mean, the result was going to be the same. Right. How did I get there? <laughs> so one way was, you know, I, I saved my, uh, my uh, morale, I guess, and I quit. But then I was faced with a pickup truck, a Tupperware toolbox, and I forgot to mention earlier I had a fax machine on the floor because I didn't have a desk. <laughs> um, in seven years, I sold a seven-figure company for something I wouldn't imagine. How did that happen? It happened for hard work, dedication, Hustling every single day, making it happen, not worried about how many vacations I could have in a week or in a month. You know, some people take two, three days. I consider a weekend a vacation, right? That's my mm-hmm. attitude. Weekend's a vacation. 
if you've deserved it, if you've worked hard Monday through Friday, you take Saturday and Sunday off, great. But I'm always, if I'm not out working, I'm learn. I'm you know out in the field with my clients. I'm learning. I'm putting stuff in my head every five minutes. Good stuff. Right. Uh, I can't tell you. There's probably not a day goes by that I'm not listening to an audio book of some kind. Right. Uh, or a podcast or someone else's podcast. You know. And, you know, we do a weekly radio show on an AM, uh, AM network, actually two AM networks, and that's for the, the building side of our business. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm always keeping myself busy and, and learning new things. But I would just say that it, the, the advice I have is to know what you're doing, believe in what you're doing, because if you don't believe in what you're doing, that's going to really be a, a, an obstacle for you. Mm-hmm. Um, believe in what you do, have a strategy, Learn that you, whether you know it or not, you're in sales. You need to become a better salesperson. Right. You need to have the sales skills to function in life, period. So that's all I have to say. Well, Cindy, it's been great having you can today. I say anything, one last thing? Anything in closing, yeah. you, can, you can have the floor. And also, please give your contact info, information, how someone could get a hold of you on social media. Sure. Okay, one last thing is just what we were talking about. Is Someone said this to me not too long ago, and I, I've really kept it with me, and I think it's great. Is he said, God said you could have it. He didn't say you wouldn't have to fight for it. So whether awesome. you believe in God or not, you know, you can have it, just like you said. You can do it if you want to do it. It doesn't mean you're not going to have to fight for it. And so to just change your mindset, and even the gal that you were talking about earlier, is, all right, if this is what you truly believe that you were called to do, then, then nothing is worth anything without a fight. Right. If it were, everybody would be doing what we're doing. So nothing, you know, everything is going to require a fight. You so, can have it, decide whether you're willing to fight for it. Yep. So the, the rewards in the fight too. And, uh, you know, being in business for yourself, it it is a battle. Mm -hmm. It is a battle. So, but you know, the rewards are huge, right? I would agree. Freedom that it can bring you is, is just great. Real estate is the best way to do it too. I think now, right now, um, as a real estate investor, you have the opportunity to make a lot of money if done right. Absolutely. Um, and so that, well, I'm, I'm glad. How, how's someone get a hold of you? Uh, Cindy Hauser, and you can email me at cindy.govertical at gmail.com. You can call me at the office at 757-410-5354 or visit our website at verticalrealestate.net. And I look forward to talking to you next week. And if you don't mind, if you're on iTunes, uh, please give us a good review. Yes. And so we can rank our, uh, get our podcast ranking up there uh, with some of the uh, top performers. And uh, can't wait to talk to you next week. Have a great week.